0: On the block, on demand. Without Jerry McNair, we wouldn't have won ten f- games
1: this year. Okay, not ten. Two seconds and one. It's ten
0: wins in a row for the Crunch.
1: It's the biggest upset in the Carrier Dome in more than thirty years. As the Orange hold off the defending national champion, they beat
2: Clemson. The Bills make me want to shout! McCoy in the backfield, takes the handoff, runs up
0: the middle, breaks a tackle! He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone! Buffalo wins! Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. Radio 97.7, 100.1, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome. It's happening in Mohawk Valley. So great to have you along for the ride. Maybe you're listening on the ESPN app. Another terrific way to stay in touch with the program, to take us with you wherever you go. And please do that. We like to go places. We like to see the world and explore, just like Dora the Explorer. Ah, Dora, I remember Dora. You watch that show and you couldn't get out of your head the rest of the week. So I'm glad my daughter has grown up and no longer watches Dora the Explorer. For those of you that have children that watch Dora the Explorer, my condolences. 437-7644. That's the phone number. Brent Axe Media on Twitter. The on-the-block tax line is two eight eight-0644. Those are the ways for you to get in touch with this radio program. We'd love to hear your hot takes throughout the day.
3: That's hot.
0: Great to be back. Had a unexpected day off yesterday. Unexpected meaning I didn't look at the schedule and didn't realize we had Syracuse women's basketball on the air yesterday, which is fine. We're the home for women's hoops. We're getting that busy season. Lots of things happening. So occasionally we will step aside for the great play-by-play that we have here on ESPN Radio Syracuse. You ever get like that unexpected day off and it kind of throws you off your schedule and your routine but you're like man I needed that. I didn't know I needed that day off but I I did and it was election day and hope you went out there and did your thing. Yay democracy. I voted and my daughter had the day off from a school so it was like Dave and Buster's time and I'm like I didn't I man I needed that. And I didn't know I did. So nice refreshing day off. So great to be back in the air chair today with tons of to get into Syracuse basketball of course starts the season last night Jim Beheim is already in midseason form you know, this
1: is the worst offense than we played last year this is absolutely uh, the worst offense that I've ever I can remember seeing. we can't make shots and we're not getting good movement and we're not rebounding the ball at all I mean, our defense is the only thing that's even making it close. and I don't even think our defense is that good. I just think they're missing shots because they flew 3,000 miles. But that's absolutely awful, awful offense.
0: That was Jim Beheim at halftime on the Syracuse IMG Sports Network last night. His comments after the game, eh, slightly more tempered than that, but you can tell he wants the offense to kick it into gear, lots to go over from last night's game. The Syracuse football team is 13th in the college football rankings. We will talk to Chris Carlson about that, our friend from Syracuse.com, right here in this hour of the program. And as he joins us throughout the football season on Wednesdays, our friend Julian Wiggum in studio, breaking it all down for the number 13 orange. And I can say that universally, no matter what poll you look in these days, there's Syracuse at what is their lucky number 13 college football. Playoff ranking, AP poll, coaches poll, 13, it's that lucky number for the Orange they get ready for Louisville Friday night game. So as you heard Seth mention during the update, that means things kick up a day in the world of coaches' shows and things of that nature. So the Dino Baber show is tonight, Wednesday night, over on TK99 ESPN Radio AM 1200 and throughout the Syracuse IMG Sports Network. Hot takes to come. For some reason, LaShawn McCoy has gone silent We will discuss that in hot takes, and I know it was a busy night, and you were watching Syracuse Hoops on the app, which meant you saw the pregame show on the app seven times in a row. As much as I love to see my former student, Drew Carter, and my future student and current Syracuse basketball star, Isis Young, do their pregame show on the ACC Network Extra app, I don't need to see it eight times. So once the bugs got worked out there, you're following the game here. You're watching election night coverage there. But if you snuck in some time to watch Duke and Kentucky last night, whoa, boy. Let me just put it to you this way. Kentucky scored 84 points in that basketball game and still lost by 30 points. Here we go. Duke, they're always good, great, excellent, championship level. I don't know what you describe them. After watching last night, and I realize it is one game, and it is November 7th on the calendar, but whoa, mama. So we'll get into that during hot takes and so much more. But I do want to start with some basketball. You heard uh, Jim mention it there. Yeah, listen, um, early observations after one game, which, of course, will all be true on, uh, on March 7th, as they are on November 7th. But it was interesting to see that this is a basketball team that averaged 66 points a year ago. In a year, we all know, Bodies started dropping, injuries piled up, Geno Thorpe transfers, and the next thing you know, you look up and you've only got six players. A lot of players, even in that group, playing through injury, playing monster minutes. The thing that we're most anticipating with this team is that there are options. That you go around, you know, do you steal a baseball term, you go around the horn, and they just have what you need. If he need a primary scorer, an NBA level talent that can just take over a game at will, well, we saw that last night. O'Shea Brissett took advantage of matchups. He took advantage, as Jim noted, a team that threw three, a, a, a team that flew, pardon me, three thousand miles to be at that game, and just these early November games. There's just some gross mismatches there. So O'Shea put on a show, had his own highlight reel, dunk wise. Tyus Battle did not have his best night shooting. And I don't know if you caught this. I put it out on the social media. And shout out to our boy Charlie from the Daily Orange, also a former uh, student of mine, going out there and doing the thing. He caught some great video last night of Tyus Battle. So if you haven't seen it, I tweeted it out, Brent Axe Media. Charlie tweeted it on his account, so you can find it via my account or you can look up Charlie's account. And, uh, you know, if I can find it here briefly, I'll get, let's give him a shout-out so you can give him a follow, too. Uh, Charlie Desterco. It's at Charlie Desterco. At Charlie, D-I-S-T-U-R-C-O. And he's one of the lead writers for the Daily Orange this year, so you'll want to follow him anyway. So there's Tyus Battle on the floor last night. And they're breaking down the Dome. We're all familiar with this process, right? It's that time of year where football and basketball match, and they've got to change over the Dome. They're getting ready for Friday night. They're stacking up the court. There's like not even half a court. It's like a quarter of the court left. And he's out there after the game working with Alan Griffin, putting up shots after a 3-for-10 for performance. So certainly not his best night on the offensive end, but we know he's going to take over games. We know he's the primary. And you had a little bit from Merrick Doljai here. Good news being Jalen Carey and Howard Washington played. We're still waiting on Frank Howard, something I don't think you really have to rush. Maybe you want him to play Saturday against Moorhead State if he's cleared and capable because you want to get a game in before you start that run at Madison Square Garden next week against Connecticut and what you know we hope is Oregon because I think that would be a heck of a matchup back-to-back nights. And you know, there's some that have both Syracuse and Oregon either in, their respective Final Four projections individually or together. So what a nice early game that would be to see, a nice early test for the Orange. But as Jim noted last night, and as anybody that watched this game could see, you need your point guard out there. You need somebody to run the show.
1: Practice is important contrary to some thought out there. And we just haven't played, we haven't practiced like the team that we would be. We're practicing different things than we would ever play and it's not helping us. We're trying to get through it as best we can but it's uh, it's not really good. It's like if the New Orleans Saints didn't have a quarterback that could pass and they ran every time and had a guy that couldn't throw, they wouldn't be very good. You know, We don't have a guy. We don't have a quarterback. so uh, We're good enough to win, yeah, these games but this isn't basketball what we're doing right now we're just trying to survive until we get people healthy we're trying to be the best we can be with this with what we have but it's very few teams ever play without any point
0: let's add to that O'Shea Brissett here on running an offense without a true point guard
2: not too much we we have guys that you know really know the offense and know how to move the ball but it's just going to be a lot better once we get our guys um, back full health. Um, you know, we get Tyus back in his real position, Elijah and, you know, myself. And, um, you know, you get all three of them back, it's going to be, you know, a lot harder for the other team. Uh, just keep switching them out. But, you know, those guys are really helping Tyus and Elijah know the offense. And I feel like it's beneficial because, you know, you never know what's going to happen down the season. And, you know, they might have to play those for a couple games or, you know, switch out. So, you know, it works Good and bad. Good and bad.
0: Let me just add on to that one more from O'Shea Brissett: changing the approach when your point guards are out or somebody who's not a point guard attempts to play the position. Um, just
2: being a vocal leader—that's something that I've really worked on. Um, you know, I know I can score, I know I can rebound, but you know, it's little things that you know I feel like is really going to separate me from you know other players, and that's that's being that vocal guy that's going to get the team, you know, up, you know, when they're down, get ties back up when he's down uh buddy missing a lot of shots, you know, I was able to talk to him. So that's something that I'm trying to add into my game, just being a leader, something that coach could come talk to me and I could relate to the team. Um, you know, it's a different message when it comes from the teammates. So, you know, I'm able to able to do that and, you know, help my guys out. As
0: much as the, you know, troops were depleted a year ago, somebody you did not lose through that whole process was Frank Howard. And, you know, let's go back not that long ago. Really part of what led to me asking Jim Beheim a couple years ago to be fair to him, as ridiculous as my question was, it was just a general curiosity. If it came to some point when it had to happen, could Tyus Battle do it? Well, now we know the answer to that is not really. He's a two guard. He's comfortable there. He can run the point like in spots, but it's kind of like you know when you're playing Pac-Man and you get the pellet there and the ghosts are lighting up, but that's temporary, right? Like, What were the names of the ghosts in Pac-Man, like Pinky and Blinky and and all those other ones? I should know that. I'm a kid of the 80s. I should remember such things. But when you get that, there's only four of those pills on the board, and they only light up for so long. It's temporary. Tyus Battle coming over and playing point is just that. So there are options on this team. And when you have a night when the shots aren't falling, Buddy goes one for 11. He had to step up and, and start and play maybe some more minutes than in other situations. Yes, Jalen Carey and Howard Washington played, and those are certainly good developments for Syracuse in their depth, but Jalen Carey's a freshman still trying to find his way, as Jim noted there. By the way, who says practice is bad? Was that, was that, like, other than Allen Iverson? Like, who's out there saying, you know, contrary to what that's out there, that practice doesn't matter? Like, raise your hand if you don't think practice matters, especially if you've been following this team for a certain period of time. Like, practice is everything with Jim Bayhaw. You're not practicing the way you should be under Bayheim. You may play, but it's not going to be pretty. The, the 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 hook will be quick, and you've got to show it there in order to do it when it matters. So I guess we'll start with Allen Iverson and work our way through other people, but I don't know who doesn't think practice doesn't matter. That's, that's kind of an odd statement to me, but somebody out there doesn't. But Carey is a freshman who is... He had a lack of practice time lately, full go practice time. And of course, Howard Washington, it's remarkable he's even on the floor. This guy tore his ACL in January, and here he is, seemingly full go. He only played, what, eight minutes last night, but building his way back up to being a part of the rotation in some way already. I mean, that's incredible. So, yep, it's one game. Defense was incredible seeing as much press as they ran last night is notable and interesting and how much that's going to be in their back pocket. And here's uh, Jim Beheim on that.
1: We've been pressing the whole time in the exhibition games, and it's been a fairly effective. Uh, you know, we really couldn't get anything going offensively. We got some steals. You know, that was really, I thought, the difference in the game. We got points off the press.
0: 34 points. Lowest total for an opponent in the history of the Carrier Dome. So... That part was certainly working. Syracuse gets more head state on Saturday, and then time to prepare for what could be a very interesting run next week in New York. So we will certainly discuss that more coming up with Chris Carlson. He will join us next, but joining us now as we head on out there, day after election day, lots of things happening in the world. How did the stock market react to that? Our buddy Lee Baldwin is here to tell us all about it with Diamonds and Dogs. Hey, Lee.
3: Hey, how you doing, Brad?
0: I'm great, man.
3: Uh, A great day after the election, so... Uh, with the prospect of gridlock, the markets were up uh, over 2%, almost okay. across the board. So. You take that. Almost like a Seinfeld episode. You know, The more we do nothing, the better, maybe.
0: <laughs> the Costanza <laughs> approach. I like this.
3: <laughs> uh, we, we have a diamond good. today, yeah, and, okay. and this is not going to shock you, but pot stock Tilray was up over 30%.
0: Okay. That's a big jump. So. Yeah.
3: I guess Michigan is good in Michigan. So, That's right. Um, and then our dog is uh, Michael Coors. So mm. I drew Jimmy Choo's. They were down 14% on less than mm. attractive earnings.
0: Yikes. I and, always wonder how those places do now with like Zappos and Amazon and all those types of places. And Amazon's been a dog a lot lately. So I don't know, maybe it could go the other way. People actually go to stores again to buy
3: I don't know, but shoes. I read somewhere that like 7,000 Doors it closed last year. Maybe I'm wrong on that number, but it was a, an amazing amount we were all talking about here. So
0: well, don't tell my wife that because then she'll feel bad and want to like go buy shoes and help him out. So. You can
3: get some Jimmy Chews on that uh, discount and be the man.
0: Jimmy Chew. Did he play point guard for the Knicks or something? <laughs> he couldn't I, go left though. I've got to, <laughs> got to look up that guy. <laughs> Thank you so much. Lee. All right, we'll talk to you soon. That's Lee Baldwin, ladies and gentlemen. Lee or just stop in Casinovia, Utica. Get that portfolio head in the right way and get more diamonds. Than dogs. Chris Carlson, Syracuse.com joins us next. We'll break down both Syracuse hoops. He was there. He covered it, the whole deal. Plus, we will talk some football, number 13 across the board for the Syracuse football orange. It's all on the way, on the blog, ESPN radio. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Hey, 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 One of those, why is this still on the 80s bump, 80s bumps? Say we just turn that down and get right into the real deal we've got a hot one for you oh you're hot why thank you so are you
2: and i'm not afraid to cry so hot,
0: so hot and yes!
3: <laughs> man it's hot how hot is <laughs> it's so hot
0: i poured mcdonald's coffee in my lap to cool off (laughs) it's time for hot takes on the it is presented by the press room pub the press room pub the number one sports and entertainment venue in central new york you can find them in historic herald square downtown syracuse what a great spot for lunch great spot for dinner cold beverages after work if you kind of want to call an impromptu work meeting private parties Christmas is coming, the whole deal, the Press Room Pub, the place to be. I believe we're going to be back there next Thursday. We're dotting some I's, crossing some T's on that. Whether or not I'll be there in a Tom Brady jersey, well, that depends on the results of this upcoming weekend. And I have won seven Survivor Pick playoffs in a row, so don't count on it. But I think we'll be back there next week. We'll confirm that, let you know for sure. But it is a great place to go anytime. Get on down there, see our friends at the Press Room Pub. LaShawn well, McCoy has gone AWOL, in terms of talking to the media. It would be one thing if you want AWOL from the Bills and considering some legal trouble he was in earlier this season, that wouldn't entirely surprise me. But he has refused to speak to the media since the Bills lost to the New England Patriots. And you'll say to yourself, well, Brent, the Bills didn't lose to the Patriots in their last game. The Bills lost this weekend to a different team. And you would be correct to say that. So that is a long time that LaShawn McCoy has refused to talk to the media. He is averaging a career-worst 3.1 yards per carry. He does not have a touchdown on the season through eight games played. What he did say in his last session with the media was, quote, in 10 years in this league, I've had bad games. But just the flow of the season and everything, it's just bad. I had a 4-12 season before, but this just feels different. I ain't playing good. So he has... Not talked to the media since then, and to which I say, good for him. We in the media should really look. I think public officials in sports, certainly public officials in life, as we saw yesterday with election day and everything happening there. Yay, right? democracy! Have an obligation to speak to the media to declare things publicly. You can't hide, right? To a certain extent in sports, we need to hear from these coaches and these players as well, because if we don't, then what happens is we start making assumptions, we start writing things and saying things, and when we present them the opportunity to respond to that and they don't take it, well, then they can't get upset if at least their side isn't being told. But in McCoy's case, what I say is, good for you. Get your head right. What are you going to say to the media, to me, to fill-in-the-blank, some beat reporter or nothing against our friends like Matthew Fairburn and Sal Capaccio and Matt Perino and all the people we have on the show that cover the Bills and cover them well. Sometimes the best thing you can do is get away, and you can't get away from the game right now. The Bills have had their bye week. They're going through you know, the preparation of week-to-week. Josh Allen may or may not be back. This offensive line is putrid. There's just a number of things that McCoy could look at and be excused for his bad play, but he's not taking those excuses. He is putting this on himself and wondering what's going wrong. He has not averaged less than 50 yards per game in a season since his rookie year in Philly. And that year he had 155 carries for 637 yards and four touchdowns. Now, the interesting thing about this amongst others is that he is at that 30 year old mark. And when you're a 30 year old running back in the NFL, The clock starts ticking a lot faster and you're considered to be on the back nine of your career. McCoy has shown a lot of signs that he is anything but that this year certainly hasn't backed that up. He is so important to this bill's offense, but the problem is every team that faces the bills knows that and can key on that because they can't throw the ball. When you've got Nathan Peterman out there and Matt Barkley and, even if Josh Allen comes back, he's going to be rusty for a game or two. The thing that Allen brings to the table in the two games that Buffalo has won this year are with Josh Allen, at quarterback, is he can stretch the field. Defenses have to respect that he can do that. When you know that Nathan Peterman cannot throw it to the sideline without that thing you know, starting to look like it's losing air mid-throw, then you can key on the Bills' running game and basically dare them to throw the football. But it's November 7th, we're past the halfway point of the season This is clearly not a playoff team This is clearly one of the worst teams in the National Football League I guess my fear If I am a Bills fan, if I am on that team If I'm around this is What more could go wrong here? This is a true challenge of Sean McDermott Of Brandon Bean, of management, of everybody Of team leaders within that locker room To hold this thing together because you can only say, trust the process so much. You can only look at, and players aren't going to show up after a game and say, Yeah, I know we lost to the Bears today, but I'll tell you what, guys, we got 80 million in cap room next year. We got the number four pick in the draft. Whew. Let's focus on that. They can't do that. I can do that. You can do that. People that opine about this team can do that. They can't do that. They've got games to play. There's pride on the line. So I will be fascinated to see how this is handled. Now, I give McCoy a break for now, but eventually team leaders have to speak up. They have to face the music. And let's remember a key thing about this. You're not talking to a room full of people with microphones and cameras. By talking to the media, they are talking to you. Now, can LaShawn McCoy speak to the public in his own means via social media or so many different ways in the world today? Sure. Sure. But the best conduit to the public is the media. That They are the messenger. So at some point, you got to buck up and speak up again. But for now, I don't care that he's not talking to the media. Get your head right. That's hot. Get where you need to be. Watch more film. Do your thing. And I don't know if it'll make a difference because the bills are awful this year for many reasons I just listed there. But I'm not one of these people that's going to get on radio shows or social media. You need to talk to the media. We We're spoiled in the media. How much access we get to these guys, particularly in the National Football League, and how much they're regulated to talk to us, to go up there and most of the time, frankly, say nothing. So I would have cut them a break this time around. So, did you guys see Duke last night? And I know, listen, it's November 7th and it's early. and it's a bit a bit a bit. No, did you see Duke last night? Kentucky scored 84 points. And Kentucky lost 118 to 84. I mean, when does that happen? RJ Barrett, 33 points. Zion Williamson, 28 points. Cam Reddish, 22 points. Like, it is going to get to the point where John Swafford may have to step in and say, You guys got to go three on five. And those three are pretty darn good and can probably hold their own against half the ACC. I don't I'm you know I'm kidding there but I look RJ Barrett lock him in top pick in the draft if not top 3 pick in the draft Zion Williamson the size of this kid combined with the speed the shooting ability just think of like a morphed Charles Barkley right just think of if Charles Barkley and Charles Barkley was a hell of a player. I, I, like, I don't want this to be an insult to Barkley, but just imagine a more athletic Charles Barkley. Because Barkley could move, great rebounder, good score, good. I mean, Barkley's a Hall of Famer, not just a Hall of Fame broadcaster. Like, people forget, like, Barkley was really good. But he wasn't this athletic. So you've got Barrett, you've got Williams, you've got Reddish, the usual depth coach. I mean, Duke's always good, and I just feel like we get numb down to this stuff like, yeah, Alabama, they're good again. They're number one. It's like, no, this Bama team is unbeatable short of the usual freak injuries or or things. But if you're just talking about matchups and football and things within the lines of the game, they are unbeatable. Now, basketball is a longer season. It's more of a grind. The ACC is a tough league. But I'm telling you, like, it's in the conversation that Duke might not lose. Short of a fluke injury, short of some sort of off-the-court controversy. I'm just talking about straight-up basketball. And if they do lose, it's because they got bored or something. Like, that's how stacked they are. So I caught some of it as I was writing last night after the Syracuse game. And that's hot. Watching election coverage and stuff, but I kept going back to it. I was like, man. Look at that team. John Calipari after the game, and it's, you know, when Jim Beheim plays Duke, he'll have the benefit of a lot more film to watch. And as we know, Jim is a basketball geek. Like, he watches basketball to the wee hours of the morning. And, you know, Duke is certainly a team he watches a lot because, hey, they're on a lot. Coach K is his friend, the whole deal. Like, I don't even know that's going to matter. There's just certain teams, like, you can watch them as much as you want. And Syracuse has a lot of different advantages and has a lot of different places. People, I should say, they can put different places and they have everything you need, but I don't know if you got anything to stop that team or even slow down that team or contain that team. I mean, Kentucky is in the short breath, as Duke usually is, as Kansas is this year, to win the national title. They scored 84 points and lost by 30. Like, what? Unbelievable. And I don't use that word often. I think that's an overused word. That's hot. I think we've kind of sanitized the word unbelievable. They're unbelievable. And they are going to be amazing to watch this season. Des Bryant has signed with the New Orleans Saints, which is a terrific deal for them. Already one of the better offenses in the National Football League. Great quarterback, everything. And it's just one of those, this makes too much sense, so you might as well do it. Now, look, Des Bryant is not the mighty Des Bryant of even recent past. He's lost a lot of, let's just say, a lot of miles per hour on his fastball. But when he's not the primary receiver, and you've got a guy like Drew Brees that puts the ball where it needs to be every time, Des Bryant is a terrific pickup for the Saints. Because if it doesn't work, they'll be fine. You just move on. But if he adds just that extra element, drawing away attention from defense is giving Drew Brees the opportunity to spread the field more. And, and look, did you see the Saints beat the Rams this week? This is the new era of the National Football League, which makes me so sad as a Bills fan that they cannot get out of their own way. When I'm watching New Orleans and, and the Rams in a shootout in New England continually score, over 30, 35 points. We are in the flag football era. You can't hit anybody, targeting, all that stuff. It is essentially turned into seven on seven. Offense is in such the advantage these days to see Patrick Mahomes doing his thing. And then I look at the Bills and I'm just like, are you in the same league? Like, how are you this bad in a sport that has been set up that you get 30 points just by showing up. It's like when you put your name on the SAT and they give you 200 points just for doing that. Like you get 30 points just if you're there on time for the game. You clock in, right? I just picture like that old cartoon where they're, you know, what was it? Wiley e. Coyote and Foghorn Leghorn. They were just going to clock in, Right. You clock in, and you're there, okay, uh, let's see, it's 12.45, kickoff's at one, here's your 30 points. Thanks for showing up. So you add Dez Bryant to that, with a good quarterback, and a guy that wants to win, turn down offers from the Ravens and the Browns, and I see why he did, because, well, they're the Ravens and the Browns. The Saints, when you're not the primary receiver, you can help a team win a Super Bowl. Okay, I'm in with that. That's a great move. That is a great move by the New Orleans Saints. For many different reasons. But primarily, if it doesn't work, well, you know, see you later. Let's go to the phones. 437-7644. We were talking some SU hoops earlier. and Well, we can always do that, right? Wayne in the truck wants to discuss that very thing. What's up, Wayne?
3: Hey, Brent. Uh, so your your Pac-Man comment with the ghost earlier, it's inky, blinky, pinky, and boo. There you I go. There you go. I you know should that know this.
0: I am a child of the 80s. I should know that uh, without looking it up.
3: Thank you. But uh, I was watching the Duke game last night with my son, and we and we were commenting on or on on Zion Williamson, oh, and I told unreal. him it was like if Barkley and the Old Spice guy had a baby. So that's what we were watching.
0: Barkley and who?
3: The Old Spice guy. <laughs> I don't know his name.
0: <laughs> I don't know his name either. But I love that. I that is that is fantastic. I'm watching this kid run around, and I'm just like, how are you doing this? You look like like a left tackle for Alabama, and he's out there running around. He's hitting threes. It's always weird when they're lefties, too. It's just, wow. I, I, I watch Duke anyway just because, of course, for you know, because you always watch Duke. But I am going to go out of my way to watch Duke this year just to see that kid play.
3: That that man, I'm sorry. He frightens me, and I was on—I wasn't on TV. I wasn't anywhere near him. He was on TV, and I was a thousand miles from him, and I was <laughs> frightened watching that boy.
0: That's a bad man, right there. Uh, of course, a Syracuse Duke tickets went on sale yesterday, so scoop those up to see the mighty Zion Williamson at the Dome coming up February twenty third. Thanks for the call, Wayne. Appreciate it, buddy. 437-7644. Brentax Media on Twitter. The text line is 2880644. Seth Goldberg has walked in the room. He's doing things with his hands. He's making, what is that, steel second? Take a break. Okay, I'll do that.
3: Thank you. Bye-bye.